0: Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on, party people? Hey, craggers, thank you for the clap, my friend. <laughs> Always on time. You're, uh, you, I, I feel like you just, you timed those claps. How's it going, everybody? Let's see who's in the house. We got uh, Iman Ahmed Music. What is going on? Danny Mansfeld Band is in the his house. Carl Von Mansfeld. Uh, Tristorch. What's going on, Tristan? How's it going, my brother? Scrappy83 is in the house. I love that you guys are all out swinging. Four derpy pauses, listening along while she's driving. Drive safe, derps. Oh, who is that? Welcome to the tribe, Mark. How's it going, my friend? Uh, thank you for that follow. That means uh, that means the world to us, man. Rock Ned. Uh, what's uh, what's going on? Happy Hump Day. Yeah, it's uh, it's not technically. Hump. I think Tuesday is our Hump Day. We have uh, our uh, our weekend is Friday, Saturday, which is. Fucking weird for the rest of the world. But how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to season two. I, I, we finished hundred episodes. Do you guys remember when we were on Facebook and I was like, "Yo, I think we could do five of these." <laughs> like it's it's absolute chaos. We finished hundred episodes of season one. We're on season two, and I'm uh, I'm fucking excited to uh, to be kicking things off. Um, a, a, we're changing some things up. It's a little more <clears throat> uh, professional uh, today. So, uh, if you can, if you can tell there's a lot of the channel redemptions turned off. So, uh, uh we are not, we're not th- complete chaos and freaking people out, but, um, it's still, uh, it's still the same old tribe. Uh, you guys can, uh, if you're subbed, you can use the exclamation point commands. You guys know that the, the crazy stuff we have on here, but, um, but yeah, I'm very excited to kick season two off with, uh, with the, one of my favorite people, uh, on Twitch. Um, we, uh. I'll tell you exactly how, how I bumped into this uh, channel and, uh, and learned more about Bees, but Bees from Mosh Talks. Uh, if you're a metalhead that's, uh, that's a, a, in our age range, you've, uh, you've seen this guy's face. He's probably asked your favorite band a couple of questions or, or reviewed an album or two uh, that you've, uh, you've definitely uh, checked out. Uh, you might have disagreed with him. You might have agreed with him, um, but, uh, but he's been a pillar in the rock and metal world. For uh, for a very long time, and I'm fucking stoked to ask the guy that asks questions a question. So (laughs) so uh, it'll it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Um, We uh, we're officially starting the episode. You guys, hit the 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 bees. Welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Man, your intro music got me so hyped I was going to flip my desk. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing intro music you got there, man. I'm good. How are
0: you? I'm good. Thank you very much for uh, for saying that. Actually, that's kind of tied into how I found out about uh, you being on Twitch. But uh, oh. but be- before we get into that, um, generally here on, on the show, we say I gave you a little bit of an intro before the intro, but just in your own words, if you can introduce to yourself, introduce yourself to the tribe, to the people that might not know bees. Uh,
1: I usually call myself a music journalist because I've worked across all fields of media. Uh, I've been a print journalist. Uh, I've run a television channel for rock and metal back in the UK and presented on there. I hosted Download Festival, um, but I like to think of myself as a fan with a microphone. It's how I always describe myself because. I feel like fans are fans don't have to worry about the sort of things that people inside the business do. Um, but I choose to always be a fan, and I think that makes me a little bit of a of a of a quandary for uh, the music business. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a music critic slash interviewer, I guess.
0: That's, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people gravitate towards is that you genuinely, genuinely having seen, uh, seen, you know, the interviews, the the reviews, all the stuff you've done, um, give a fuck. Like you really, you really dig the stuff or not like it if, if it's something that you don't like, but you're, there's no, uh, debate when it comes to like the passion that, uh, that goes into that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's my life, man. Like this music changed everything. And like, I know, I know that that sometimes feels like something that's quite pithy to say, but genuinely like I got my job, which was working in rock and metal. That's all I've done with my adult life. I met my wife through rock and metal, like everything about my life has swum through the river, swam through the river of rock and metal and it's my life i'm passionate about it every single day and i'm thankful that even as the years roll on i don't think that i'm jaded with music at all i I love it i genuinely from the bottom of my heart i love it the same way as i did when i was 16. so yeah this shit's my life man
0: i and i kind of want to go through that journey i kind of want to um Go go from the very beginning when you started falling in love with uh, with music But I I I also want to let you know uh, since Tristan's in the in the chat how I found out about you uh, You being on on twitch because I've seen I've seen uh, your work on on uh, YouTube with uh, with bus Be sad. Sorry uh, with uh, with mosh talks and with uh, scuzz TV everything that was on there, but um, Tristan Trist torch in the in the chat uh, sent me a clip of you listening to uh, to Zvengali, to my band, which is that intro music. And, no way! Uh, and, and you reacting to it because he requested it as a sub. Amazing! <laughs> and he sent me that clip, and I was like, How the? How did you get? This is before I even was on Twitch. How did you get this guy to listen to Zvengali? And he's like, "Oh no, you could do this redeem thing." And I sent it to him. On I had no idea what the fuck any of this stuff was. Yeah. And (laughs) and uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I was like, "Oh, dude, I need to check this out." And. <laughs> did, did
1: Twitch blow, did Twitch blow radio. your
0: mind? Twitch Twitch completely <laughs> blew my mind. Thank you, Danny, for that. No, uh, it was uh, I, I genuinely <laughs> I, I was not ready. That was it. <laughs> it was uh, it was super cool to see um, the interactivity of it. Like you were sitting in a room with with a bunch of people that were showing you music. It wasn't like a a you know a, a content creator and viewer boundary thing that was happening it wasn't a youtube video where they were watching it after but um people were commenting at the same time and you were mm. reacting to their comments and it just it, it completely blew my mind but that that song that he showed you uh was uh, was the song that we clipped that intro music from
1: <laughs> at least at least i'm consistent then
0: it was perfect that's why you're like you, you liked it and you liked it back then so it was uh, it was pretty cool
1: Incredible, yeah. incredible. I love it, man. I've, I've always loved that communal aspect. That's the thing that makes rock and metal tick. My old podcast used to have like the kind of sub headline of Our Show is Your Show because yeah. it should reflect what people want and what people are talking about and just having my own voice within that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to, I want to, let's, uh, let's uh, jump back in time. Let's talk about um, young bees and, and, trying to to figure out what what you want to do or or just just starting to fall in love with music what was uh what was the the early years like
1: so my first musical love love don't laugh you lot was um brian adams of summer of 69 fame was the first <laughs> time like so i got into brian adams as a kid And I had this live album called Brian Adams Live Live Live, right? And it had him covering I Fought the Law by The Clash on it. And for, until I was in my early twenties, I thought that song was a Brian Adams song. It fully, like, I, I didn't get that. And then it became Oasis. I was the right age for Britpop. And it became Oasis and Blur and Pulp and Sleeper and Elastica and Cast and all those kind of bands. And I was kind of passionate about it, but then came Metallica. Mm-hmm. And that that passion has never died off in the slightest. And I started with Metallica and inside three months, I was walking around in a Sepultura hoodie, like, like, I, could, like I would defend metal with every last breath <laughs> I would have and uh yeah that that was my that was my that was my intro to music to to this music it was actually seeing the until it sleeps video have you seen the until it sleeps metallica video i have yeah right Absolutely, so yeah. i loved horror as a kid so yeah. seeing that really sinister imagery i was like this song sucks but the video is amazing and then as i kept listening to it, seeing it and watching the video more i got into the to the song and then the next single was hero of the day which slaps and yeah. uh the rest is history that was it but basically metallica was the thing that made me fall in love with this music
0: uh, which is i believe a lot of people's uh, a lot of people's gateway but you related uh horror show and i i believe i've heard you say um, into the weirder, more heavier stuff, uh, horror, uh, horror films, and then uh, Mar- Marlon Manson was uh, was kind of the gateway into the more extreme uh, world of, of rock and metal? Yeah, I guess Manson was there. Like, so the first bunch of records that I
1: bought was Load by Metallica, uh, The Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, uh, Sepultura, Roots. Marilyn Manson, Antichrist Superstar, and the self-titled album from Garbage were like the first bunch, I really remember this, like the first two, three <laughs> weeks when I was just going in and buying albums that had singles on that I like. Um, but yeah, I, 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 like, I like when horror meets metal. And that can be anything from, I've got a Misfits tattoo on this side of my neck, not the other (laughs) side. Um, Yeah, I've got a Misfits tattoo. I love Slipknot. Um, Madison's a bit of a hot potato at the moment, but uh, Murder Dolls. And what do I like today that's like it, Creeper? Like anything that has that horror aesthetic, I, I love when it's interspliced with music. I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show, like anything that brings Horror and alternative imagery. I'm just into the whole culture itself. The
0: th- the thing the thing that I love about talking to people like yourself that have been in the game for so long, but also just general content creators and and people that go out of their way for for music or or to highlight or fanzines or anything like that. Starting podcasts. Where, what was the switch for you from I like this music, which a lot of people do. They start to fall yeah. in love with metal um, to I want to go out of my way to make this my entire life. Like, where was that pivot? Where was the? Uh, the I like misfits. I might get a tattoo. To no, I want to. I want to ask these guys questions and 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 figure out uh, how, how I could be a, a journalist when it comes to this music.
1: I loved magazines, man. Like, I really loved magazines at that point in time. They were really funny and they had a really good sense of fun. And they were written by people that still carry that sense of fun. Like, I'm quite lucky that, like, all of my, the people that were my heroes, who were not, you're not just rock stars, but music journalists, all become your friends over the years. And what I love about the age of magazines um the the particular age of magazines that i fell in love with is that all those people are exactly like you and me like they live and breathe it they still they're still there arguing about warren albums on facebook on the timeline <laughs> now like the, the people that were writing these magazines at the time so i i liked the humor and i liked all the rest of it but more than anything um I th- what my passion has always been is bands that are great that just don't reach enough ears. There are so many incredible bands out there and you are relying upon upon a handful of people who might have really bad taste, I add, right? You are relying upon a bunch of people to push forward the rock and metal that you should be listening to. And I felt like I had a strong voice and I cared enough and I could articulate my points enough. Like, you can't just say something's bad, right? You have to give reasons. If you're going to say no. something is not good, then you have to be thorough with that. The band have put their life into that art. If you don't dig it, the least you can do is come up with actual reasons rather than just like. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, Absolutely. but it, it, it was it was it was the magazines at the time, and just really wanting a voice. In the world, I still feel that
0: way. Yeah, I um, I I relate to that a lot because the whole reason Unmuted started was uh, I've only been doing this for for a year. Unmuted as a whole just as has been a year old, but uh, it was it was I had I had somewhat of a platform. I used to do vlogs and and content creation for other people and stuff, and then. Um, I thought, listen, the pandemic hit. All these people have, including myself, have all these albums and stuff that people uh, might never get to see on the road, or no one's ever going to interview them. Let me uh, let me shine some light on uh, on people that have, you know, put all this effort into this music. And that's kind of how it started. I had to focus on the Middle Eastern scene, but um, it, it's like you said, it was. It's almost like if 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 no one else will do it, I'll be the guy for the underground scene. That's kind of the mentality that yeah. we went into it. That's
1: it, and, it, and it's, it's not just about, like, heaviness. Because I understand, like, you can't play Cannibal Corpse at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and expect people to not, th- like, everyone to be into it on that radio station. Like, I, I accept that. But it's, it's not just about extremity. It's about just good, high-quality stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what was it like... Um... Knowing that you wanted to do that, what were, what were the first steps, uh, first magazines, first um, uh, radio, first uh, TV? What was it like for, for you getting into the media side of it?
1: Yeah, man. I, I, again, I just, I loved it all. I consumed every bit of rock and metal that I could. So it was Kerrang! magazine every Wednesday, uh, Metal Hammer once a month, which was my first love, uh, Ian Camfield, big up Ian, who is now uh, on air in Phoenix, Arizona from London. Um, who had an XFM rock show and eventually Radio One had a rock show with mary Ann Hobbs. And I consumed all of that. But my first steps was, I, you have to take like two weeks, we call it work experience in the UK, but it's basically two weeks of internship you have to do. <laughs> um, and I did one of my two weeks at Metal Hammer magazine, which is like, if you wanted to play football as, as a kid, it was like basically like doing your work experience for real madrid uh, as far as i cons- was concerned i was sitting <laughs> amongst the people that literally had the life that i wanted and it was everything i wanted it to be everyone in there really gave a shit they were all really funny they were really snipey about bands which i think is you you there is no good without bad right Absolutely. Like, if everything, if everything is good, nothing is good because there's no distinguishing between, well, if it's all good, like, what's better than what? Um, like, I just think there's varying degrees to all of this. And to hear people, articulate and funny people, um, being just so full of opinions, I felt at home straight away. So that was that was my first step was doing a week's internship. And I was always in trouble at school and not for things that were malicious, for exactly the sort of things that you'd expect from me if you know me. Right. Like, so I'm very cheeky. I'm really I I like to think I'm quite quick witted. My favorite joke that I ever did at school was I was always being caught talking in class because I can't (laughs) shut up, as you notice. Um, So I was always being caught talking in, in class. And the teacher went, Mr. Beezer can I share your joke? And I went, sure, miss two guys walk into a bar. And that was, that was the kind of student that I was that would get myself into trouble. Um, so when I went on this work experience, they send the teacher out to kind of come and check on you to make sure you're there to see how you're getting on. And my geography teacher turned up and, um, they came into one of the people the staff members from metal hammer came into the office and went terry i don't know how to tell you this your geography teachers here i was like (laughs) oh shit i didn't know that they were doing sweeps and checks so i went down and my geography teacher was sat there and i was telling him like how are you getting on and i was like i love it this is exactly what i want to do with my future like and they were expecting me to kind of be a little shit and kind of got on everyone's nerves and i was so proud that i was stood there talking to my geography teacher and as the two main guys from metal hammer at the time the editor was a girl but the two main guys that were there walked out of the office and as they went they went do you want anything from the shop terry and i was like no i'm good thanks and my geography teacher's like jaw hit the floor (laughs) um but yeah i ended up what like i ended up working there bizarrely uh so i started working for a fanzine called drowned in sound Mm -hmm. uh i did my first interview with jared from head p uh Mm -hmm. when they were touring broke at the reading festival and as it so happens and a lot of my life goes this way when i was doing this interview i bumped in afterwards to one of those two guys from metal hammer and um i sent them my work they sent feedback They said send us more work at the end of the year because that was in the summer. So I kept working for my fanzine. I sent them work at the end of the year. Uh, They brought me in for a week to cover for the online editor. And from uh, on the Thursday night at Soil's first ever UK show, right? What? When Halo, when, when they were like, this is our new single, this is Halo. And it was <laughs> the only song that anyone knew, right? At yeah. uh, that show, because I was raving about Soil, because it, it sounded a bit like Black Label Society meets Rob Zombie to me at, the, at that time. So I loved it. And um, on the Thursday night at the show, the guy who bumped into me at Reading went, you can go to university. And at the end of it, we'll try and give you a staff job, or you can start writing now. And I didn't like school because school's all about discovering who you are and what you want to be. And I knew what I wanted to be. So yeah. I didn't have time for geography and history and French and maths and all that shit. I just I was gonna be a music journalist and fuck you, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I um I kind of I, that's that's the, that's the story. They gave me a job and uh, they offered me that or they said, you can work straight away. And I was done with school. And I also have learned massively that I definitely did the right thing there because what people say and what people do are two very different things. So I just took the work and that's been my job ever since.
0: That's, that's absolutely crazy. The fact that you bumped into those guys Doing One an chances. interview,
1: uh, my first just, interview as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just to prove Wild. to them that I'm still doing this, whether uh, whether you, I was with you guys or not, yeah. is, uh, is pretty. Two cool. years
1: later as well. Two years later, wow. so I must have made an impression that they remembered me. And I guess being quite boisterous and having this voice box, <laughs> 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 like, yeah, I, like I, I guess I'm quite distinctive. But that was that was my first steps.
0: So this is the voice box is actually what I wanted to get into because writing uh, for a magazine and uh, and doing interviews and stuff like that. And then when, when was the transition to in front of the camera or uh, or in front of the microphone? How did that happen?
1: So um, I got one of the best bits of advice from old Metal Hammer publisher Chris Ingham. Um, said to me. When I was writing and I was trying to find my place in the magazine, I was trying I was improving my vocab vocabulary and putting that in there. And my editor took me to one side and said, be the best you you can be. Don't try and be like everyone else. Don't like use the same words and cookie cutter fit the mold. Be the best you you can be, and at yeah. the, uh, 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 during my print life cycle, which was I did print from 2002 to 2008, is when I started broadcasting as well as print. But in all that time, during that time, there was a there was a UK magazine called Front, right, which history doesn't look too kindly upon because it was like a lads mag. But why I liked it was because the language used type in the interview um, was like we spoke. And -hmm. I was really inspired by that. Uh, I was like, yeah, I can just, if you read five different paragraphs from five different writers and said, which one of those is bees, you would know mine because of the language that I use and because of putting my personality in the words. But I would describe my, my wife smashes me about this. I would describe myself as like a B plus writer. Like I I might not necessarily be the guy that you would get to do cover stories, despite the fact that I've done a bunch of them. And again, this is just the way my brain is wired. But when it came to doing the Metal Hammer podcast, my, my editor at large who sat next to me was a guy called James Gill. And he really wanted to do a podcast so i was like okay let me come up with the format uh and we'll go from there so i provided the format okay intro then we do the news then we'll review a couple of records that are out this week like that's like the kind of basic template for the podcast in 2008
0: this is is early podcast this is two thousand eight. It's not, not, nobody's uploading to Spotify nope. uh, their, their podcast from but their phone. Spotify is. didn't exist when I started doing
1: podcasting. No, I'm not is even it? kidding. 2008. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what, what the show was and why I, how, why I went into broadcasting was basically because I was more comfortable like this. Yeah. Like, um, I, I can't hang with the best writers. I, I can hang with the best broadcasters and I knew I felt that straight away. So it was just a natural transition. Plus also, and journalists don't like to hear it, but like people read less these days. Like yeah. the, the written word is a harder way to get your voice to be heard, which is my point in the first place. So if there is a way to amplify my voice beyond print, I'll do that. And that's what I did with the Mel Hammer podcast.
0: I have, I have a question about... Um... Editing and filtering, because because when I started this, uh, the the first thought that came to my head was, you're not going to be able to control Z anything like this is <laughs> if it, whatever happens on uh, on stream is what happens on stream. Um, with uh, but professionally speaking, I was, I was I was a video editor, so everything in my body told me like you have to cut out all the errs and ums and everything. Uh, when you transitioned into into broadcast was. Was any of that a thought or was was it so natural that it felt like writing was was behind you completely?
1: Yeah, I, I don't believe in that stuff, man. It's all about if the audience feel you. Like some people you hear and some people you feel. And that yeah. connection is what's important. And there's not an er uh or an um that's gonna get in the way between that two things. I, I, like, I, I understand that train of thought, and that is probably the more professional way about going about it. But I just believe in human connection being worth more than any of that. And good taste in music, being able to bring people, uh, and, and thinking outside of your own tastes as well, yeah. is yeah. the things
0: that matter if if you did if you did that uh just called everything wrong and had really bad taste in music it wouldn't be the same for sure yeah
1: ex- exactly <laughs> exactly and the thing is people only gravitate towards that side of me it's funny um i was on a football podcast with the singer from a pop punk band called neck deep recently um and he said you're a controversial actually you're not really controversial and i'm like i'm not controversial it's just everyone inside the business has to chase ad money, right? Yeah. They have to chase advertising money. So yeah. they are never going to tell you that things that are bad are bad. Like, they will they will swear blind to you that the new foot Fighters album is good because they need to keep their lights on. But in the real world, it's not. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 only, I only speak my mind. And what's more important to me when it comes oh, to, like, the controversial she, side? <laughs> she wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> They're never ready. They're never ready, <laughs> unmuted fans. Um, so, yeah, but to me, it's just having an opinion like, like anyone else out there. And I, I always have to stress this because people don't get it. Every time I push play on something, I want to like it. I'm about mm-hmm. to spend thirty 40 fifty sometimes seventy minutes with a piece of your art I'm not pushing them pl- pushing play and wanting to not like it you know
0: yeah yeah i, I think I I think when it wow. comes to music uh, journalism wow, you guys um, <laughs> a, lo- a lot of people think that it's <laughs> a lot of people think that um especially if someone doesn't like something like they're out to get them like you know what I mean but like you yeah. said I think uh your your first intention is to really enjoy all the hard work that that's why you got into this as you said you know like that's that's kind of the thing
1: if if you see my, my so the big the biggest thing i do on twitch and the thing that is literally the highlight of my week it's the best couple of hours of my whole week is we do new music saturday where i'll play you over 30 songs of like the best rock metal punk hardcore alternative anything that is basically anything that would fit my idea of fitting our alternative culture gets played um, and I, I think that, um, if you see my reactions to when I like something versus when I don't, the extreme is, is in when I do like Ooh. something and not when I don't like you will see me that like the biggest clip that we've had on the channel was me hearing killer be killed single, uh, <laughs> dream no more last yeah. year. And I freaked that bit where Max Cavalera comes in <laughs> and like kicks in the door waving the 4-4. It's yeah. it's just unbelievable. And that is my passion. It's not in going this isn't very good, but also from the point of view of the artist, the artist has spent six months at least of their life on the bit of art that that I might be saying is not good. It's why I always like to be constructive. You can't, you can't just say something shit. You can poke fun at it. Of course, yeah. you can because you've got to have a sense of humor about yourself. If someone doesn't like what I do, I'll, you know, I mean, that's fine. That's okay. If they think my voice is annoying or I'm too many words per minute or whatever, like, I, I understand that. I know not everyone's going to like my stuff, but some artists are so surrounded by yes people yeah. that, you know, that, that when an, an opinion comes through, past the advertisers and past the yes men to their doorstep, I could understand why it feels more extreme because they are so far removed from the idea that what they do might not be great. Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, fuck it. I'll name the band. Um, I, I, I was taken in to listen to that's the spirit by bring me the horizon, yeah. uh, ahead of the album coming out. Now, uh, up until this point, I think Bring Me The Horizon were the most influential band in rock and metal. Like, when they did Suicide, uh, suicide Season and they started incorporating those electronics and things like that, all of a sudden, a million of those bands started go- doing that kind of thing. No, uh, sorry, not, no, 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 sorry, Suicide Season, it was all about the breakdowns, them and yeah. Parkway Drive. Uh, there as a hell was the electronics one. Yeah, and then awesome. they did Then they did send Paternal and like that kind of like metalcore Linkin Park thing. And then yeah. all the rest of their scene started doing that. So I, I always, I thought they were one of the best bands in the world at that point in time. So I went into That's the Spirit, and I don't like that record, right? I- I'm not keen on that. I think Ammo's decent. And the EP that they brought out last year, pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. That Some bands are just better at playing heavier music. It's not that they yeah. play heavy music and that's what we like. It's just maybe they're not so good at the stuff that isn't heavy. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I'm I'm in the offices like of their management company hearing this album ahead of it coming out. And they they come in at the end and uh, the guy goes, what do you think? And I was like, it's a bit boring, isn't it? And like, it was like, have you ever seen The, the Exorcism of Emily Rose? Like, it was like, <laughs> it was like his face, like, like the skin fell off of his face. And it was just like, if you've ever thrown like water into a bit of electronics, it was like, this is cannot compute. What have you just said? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's all right. Like, do you know what I mean? They've still done all of these other wicked albums. Like that's like this one album being a bit dull, doesn't completely cancel out all this amazing stuff that they've done. But like some people from that organization made my life a living hell for a couple of years for daring to say that the album was only all right. It's wild, mate.
0: That's the beauty of it is you have to be so comfortable with with yourself internally, but also, like, with your opinion, right? Which, um, in this day and age, I feel like a lot of people uh, kind of steer clear from from voicing their opinions, and, and oh, we're talking specifically music. We're not talking about any of the things that yeah. can get you canceled. But um, to, to be in that position where you're expected to just be like, oh, I like it, let me, let me put my two cents on it, um, and just be like, no, I actually didn't. Uh, it, it takes a lot of uh, confidence and, and comfort in yourself. Yeah, I,
1: I, uh, I think you've got to have thick skin, and you've yeah. got you, like this sounds so fucking earnest, but I mean it. And the people that follow me know that it's not just a fucking pitch to make me sound like Miss Universe, but I do it for them, like. Yeah. Those people deserve a voice. I am followed by people that love rock and metal more than people that work rock and metal every day of their life. They really care the way that I really care. It's why I believe that I'm a fan with a mic. So they're going to tell me the truth as well. And they tell me off, right? Sometimes on New Music Saturday, I'll bring something in and I think it's great. And they'll be like, no chance. <laughs> and that, I like that as well. Like they're up, they're hard... To please. And I just believe this is what we're like as music fans, isn't it? Like, like Adnan fans out there. When you maybe don't like a record, you don't think, oh, I might not say that because someone will come and tell me off. You just say that, right? Yeah. So just because you silence the media doesn't mean you silence everyone, right? And then the media just looks dishonest because they're not reflecting how the people feel so i care about honest media and i believe that that's what i do i bring in my my feelings and how i feel and i try my best and i haven't always been good about at this but the last three years i would say i've got much better is i try not to be a dick about it as well like (laughs) I, I, i like you can poke fun a bit but this is work that actual humans have put their life, body and soul into. Maybe yeah. don't say that it smells worth, worse than a baby's bum. Like, <laughs> you, know, you can keep that one to yourself, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, on, honesty and, and, and it, it tread light when it comes to, to at least calling it- uh, Construct Newborn, it. newborn shit. <laughs> 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 it's fun though, isn't it, to say that? It is fun. it is fun. <laughs> Well, a lot of people, um, a lot of people from the Middle East uh, have have seen you and know you from from Scuzz TV. Let's um, that that thing was a behemoth in in its own right, and the amount of people that um, you've interviewed and, and the amount of work you've done uh, on that channel is um, it's kind of mind-boggling. Get, get, get us get us into Scuzz TV and, and how you, how you uh, started that whole journey so this
1: is wild
0: right um
1: i had just started i'd just taken a position as deputy editor of rock sound magazine um i felt that rock sound was the place to be that was pushing new bands whereas metal hammer just wanted to tell you what was good about heavy metal back then and to keep you locked into heavy metal rules. And I never got into rock and roll to follow a rule book. Yeah, uh, the, rock- the,
0: the, uh, the tribe already knows uh, there, there are very few elitists that come by because everyone it. doesn't give a shit. That's it, man,
1: yeah. right? So. Um, I'd just taken a job at Rock Sound and I was drunk at a festival um, at about 2.30 in the morning. The Dillinger Escape Plan had headlined, so I was incredibly excitable, even for my usual standards. I was incredible, uh, incredibly um, excited. And my friend at about 2.30 in the morning said to me, I need to talk to you about something serious for work. And I was like, now? like off my tits. And they asked me, do you want to run Scuzz TV? And I couldn't believe my ears because that's real influence that that's not, um, people have to pay to, to read a magazine and in those pages, they might get to the bit that you've written and you might have some influence running a television channel and they asked me to do that because of founding the Metal Hammer podcast. Like, once I found my feet as a broadcaster, I was quite in demand. So I, I went to Rock Sound, but that, then they, are, they, they asked me to run Scuzz TV and I said yes. Um, Scuzz Meets was my baby. Uh, my dream. I remember saying this with an ex-girlfriend in the rainbow in Hollywood where I now live that I was like, I wanna bring back Headbangers Ball, man. I wanna do something that is like that, something that that makes people feel this shit again. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that was what I did when I went to Scuzz. Um, I put forward the idea of Scuzz meets, and they gave me the opportunity to make a pilot. In true me style, style I saw an inch and took a mile. Uh, I made two pilots, one with my mate Jacoby from Papa Roach and one with Serge Tankian from System of Down
0: um i mean, I mean for decent a start yeah just, just sw- swinging right out of the bat with the, with yeah, the pilots. I,
1: I was lucky because jacoby and i have known each other for years so we put that one out first we knew that the interview would be great because he's my mate and he our our, our energies go well together he's quite hyperactive like i am um so we did that one first and interestingly enough I'd only interviewed Serge Tankian once, and I'd had a really bad experience. And everybody who knows him was like, no way, man. Like, he's the nicest guy ever. You must have just caught him on a bad day. And that's the thing. Sometimes you catch people you love and people that are lovely on a bad day. We all have bad days, like, and these stars are human too. Um, So I'd only had a bad experience with Serge. So when him being the second one, I was like, shaking like a fucking washing machine and um they both went really well and um what i found from scuzz meets and what i think is so profound about those interviews is if you have the trust of the band which it takes to build up like you probably won't get that trust in the first time you ever interview someone probably um but you build a trust with them and i totally just lost my train of thought what was i just saying Adnan?
0: <laughs> but building trust with uh, with people that um like the bands and and the, the people behind the bands and how they open up to you
1: yes yes okay and what i found that was what i was gonna say what i found was if you ask someone in the moment when they're having a bad time right um like how they're doing the chances are they'll go i'm all right and just move on right usually well yeah. if you ask that same person three years later you seem like you were really going through a bad time three years ago they'll go yeah you're right like it was fucking awful i went through this and this and this because you've come through at the other end yeah. well yeah. what i found with scars meets is we were getting definitive interviews on bands entire careers i wish to the stars above and everything below them that you had seen the unedited scuzz meets deftones because it was one of the most candid interviews that and the the one that went out there is revered and everyone loves it and that's great but if you had had access to the things that they decided not to put on the channel because it was too controversial which i respected and understood yeah but what I have found is when you ask people about the past, so we were getting these interviews that were the definitive career interviews of Fall Out Boy, Paramore, uh, Suicide Silence. Like, who else did I do? Of Mice and Men, Ronnie Radke, uh, Serge Tankian, uh, Avenge Sevenfold, Torn, fucking Phil Anselmo. Like we were getting these interviews and Phil Anselmo was a really
0: interesting one, right? I
1: was just about to
0: say that one's very uh, specific. So
1: get this Adnan, this is how, you know what I said earlier about crazy circumstances? Well, get this one. Um, I was doing Scuzz meets with Phil Anselmo on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Had me working on a Sunday, honestly. Um, And I went, I, I put on Twitter, I'm really fucking nervous, and I don't get nervous often. But Phil is such a, such a a. It, like you can talk to ten different people who've met Phil Anselmo, and you'll get ten different accounts of what Phil Anselmo's like,
0: right? Yeah, hundred yeah, uh, percent. So also, I think for yeah. the people that have never met him, it just as a figure, immediately intimidating. <laughs> an imposing
1: figure and <laughs> and a man who wields that like a weapon, like strong, <laughs> yeah. that man weren't known for stronger than all for no reason. Yeah, so absolutely. so um, I te- I put on Twitter, I'm really fucking nervous about this. And my friend text me going, Phil's a nightmare, man. He's been a nightmare on this whole run. Could you call me? And I was like, "How?" and this, this guy was Airborne's tour manager, the Air, the Australian band Airborne, yeah, yeah. who were yeah. mates of mine, right? So, so I I called him and I was like, oh, mate, come on, tell me this ain't the truth. And he cracked up laughing and he was like, I'm the tour manager for Down. Phil hates to impress. I'll go in and tell Phil that you're a top man before you do the interview and he will be good as gold for you. And I was wow. like, you are kidding me. So Phil comes out, right? And Phil's Phil, right? The power and everything, the full yeah, yeah, yeah. Selmo. Ades- and <laughs> uh, he was fucking great. It was a really brilliant hour, and I I can only speak as I find. And I have interviewed in person Phil Anselmo four times. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know if he recognises me because of my look and my voice or whatever. But every interview I've ever done with Phil Anselmo has been dynamite. And he's always been really nice and courteous to everyone from the crew and everyone around. So um, I get it. I get it. If people are done with Phil, I completely... I. I support the right to express yourself in that manner in any way that you can. But all I can do is tell you that I have met for Phil Anselmo four times and he's been really nice all four times.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, when it comes to that stuff, um, I think uh, we actually had a conversation about it last podcast where we were talking about the separating the art from the artist and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the discography that comes... Uh, from uh, w- with Phil Anselmo versus what he did and what he said, all that stuff, and um, it's, uh, how, do you, it's definitely... how do you feel
1: about how do you feel about it, Adnan? Because you like you should be answering this, not me, right?
0: I, I, for me, I've already said that I think. Um, I think I, I could separate the art from the artist. I could listen to Me Pantera uh, without without necessarily um, thinking of, of that moment in time where uh, F- Phil said some dumb shit, really racist, horrible shit on stage, um, which makes him, the- he, he could be a bad person, but it doesn't take away from, from the beauty that was Pantera and the music and everything that he's done up until, and not just that point, uh, even the stuff that he's done after, because he's, as an artist, uh is 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 a douchebag or an asshole or a racist or whatever it is but the art is still the art i still enjoy it thank you Durban yes.
1: see the, here's the, here's my take on it right uh i call it i call it the star lord principle right mm-hmm. in in guardians of the galaxy star lord uh when they take his tape from him says they are my songs right and that's how I feel when I hear music, what they yeah. mean to me and how they make me feel is of the utmost importance to me as a music fan, right? Yeah. If people are bad people, I can exercise my right to not support them financially while not intentionally hurting myself by not listening to that music. Those songs are mine th- uh, and whatever anyone does. And there are some, some things go so far that you can't eat, like the feeling isn't there anymore, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. I, I, I used to feel that way about Lost Profits. I could never listen to Lost Profits again, right? Yeah. There are lines to this, but other things, like i might be able to listen to and enjoy because they are for me and then i don't necessarily have to put money in their pocket or if i choose to put money in their pocket that's my decision and i should be respected for it like i respect your decision to say fuck that guy and we don't listen to him anymore
0: 100 percent, 100 i agree with you and it, it, it the cancel culture thing in general is um is something that uh, that we've discussed on the show before but uh, I, I disagree with the idea of like Growth. dude if there were if there was cameras around when i was a fucking teenager i'd be canceled right now like there's the shit we got up to um but uh, uh we're, it, we're, it, human. we're human we're human growth right yeah we're human and we're flawed and we should sp- as long as
1: we are spending our life trying to iron out our flaws if you only sharpen things that are bad about yourself then i don't know what to tell you but everyone should be you know should be allowed to be their own people
0: yeah, we have uh, we have a question from Derpy. Uh, she used the the question redeem question for both on the topic of art versus artist. Does that also count? If you know the lyrics of a song, uh, talk about something you're super opposed to. Um, you go first. Mm, good question. Good question.
1: um I I think again, like if we could unless something is is as on the money as everything I know goes away in the end, right? As as long as it's not something as direct bullseye as that, um, usually lyrics are open to interpretation as well. If you absolutely know, like if someone is, if someone has been done for sexual abuse and their song sings about sex and that makes you feel creepy, like that's completely understandable. But I think that, quite often, you, yeah, you could just get bogged down in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I I prefer to try and find joy in music. And I wish, I wish the world would get a little bit less... I wish I could open my timeline and not see a sea of people telling me how I should live my life. What's yeah. right for us and how <laughs> we live our life isn't necessarily right for everyone else. Why don't we Absolutely. just try and make the best of it?
0: Absolutely, and and we were talking about horror films before. We were talking about all that stuff. I I love this uh, this quote from the the what was it War Warfield DVD where they interviewed a fan. They're like, "Why do you listen to Slayer?" And he said, "Dude, it's just like a horror film. Like it could be a, a scary little bit of uh, <laughs> an hour." Thank you, Danny, for the clap. Um, and uh, and if you don't like it, just turn it off. Like it could it could be make believe for a bit. And uh, I, I feel that way about music. It could just be something about things that. Uh, whatever whatever their intention was i interpreted it in this way and like you said whether i decide to financially support them or not uh is is a different thing but uh, bloodstock fest said um i wasn't a fan of Lost profits anyway uh but you can't blame the rest of the band uh, horrific for them i read far Mate. too much uh detail about the case though and then uh, yeah. then a, a sad face after that yeah
1: yeah my friend my friend is um mike lewis from lost Prophets, who's now in a bag called no devotion and he had ian as the best man at his wedding so all of his wedding photos are fucked and all the rest of it and i can tell you this for certain no one no one hates ian watkins more than the other members of the lost Prophets.
0: yeah no one yeah you you know what this makes me think of um, especially having talked about uh, all the interviews that you've done and, and you just casually calling people a friend of mine that are like massive rock stars and stuff what are, what are Cause I've been doing this for a year, and it's it has. I've I would have never guessed that asking people to talk about themselves would make me learn more about myself. Um, and, That's amazing. And it, it, it's it's been it, like, before this. I've, I've I play in a band, but I've only been on stage, and uh, I've I've never had the opportunity to sit down and have long, lengthy conversations with people from around the world. So it, it completely changed my my perspective. It has. Has interviewing people and, and being on that side of the, the fence for, for as long as you have calling people like Jacoby and Serge Tankia and, and the guys from Airborne friends and what has that taught you about yourself, if anything?
1: The these people are human and they should be treated as such. Um if like I'll I'll tell you a really good story that Dallas Green from Alexis on Fire told me. Um Dallas told me that he was no longer taking photos with people. Um, And I asked him why. And he was like, because people treat me like a high high score on a video game. They won't come up and ask me how my day is. They won't want to talk to me about anything. They just want a photo that they can then put on the internet to make them feel good. And yeah, I I think that the biggest thing that I have learned is that all of these people are just people all of them they all piss shit and fart like we do and it's easy to forget that isn't it take a second right now everybody think about in the chat tell me who your favorite rock star is and now imagine them sitting on the john having a poo right (laughs) because that's what they're going to do today at some point that rock star in your head is going to take a poo today just like everybody else and i think having that having that has been the best connection that I've found with bands because so many people treat the bands like they're deities, right? Um, And I don't think that, well, some of the bands like that, but not all (laughs) of them. And I I think that once you relate to people on a really human level, um, what it taught me is that, we're all one here and we're all here at this one point in time, trying to make the best of it. And these people are doing that to put art out that they hope that you enjoy. Um, and sometimes that's done cynically because it's like, I am putting art out there and I hope you make me richer. But the, yeah. but the better people are, I'm, I'm doing this and I hope you are entertained by what I do. I hope... I can bring happiness to your day. And that's a really inspiring thing, I think.
0: That's amazing. It reminded me of a stand-up comedy. The name escapes me, Dan something, you guys uh, in the chat, if you know, he says um, things like that remind you that uh, that everyone, uh, like you said, shits, pisses, farts, and and, and somewhere in the world, Harry Berry is clenching her Oscar sitting on the shitter, going, this is not a good day. (laughs)
2: That kind of dates the stand-up
0: comedy saying Halle Berry, but yeah, that's the that was the line, and I was like that that always that image is engra- engraved in my uh, in my brain right now.
1: I've got to give high fives to whoever hit the shit emoji at that point
0: in time. Well done. <laughs> oh man, that's uh that's amazing. But yeah, it's 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 been like I said, it's been it's been an eye-opening journey for me. I've uh, I was fortunate enough to like meet a lot of. Uh, our heroes, uh, either on the road or because they played Dubai or something like that. But um, it's, uh, it's it's a completely different world when you sit down and, and have a conversation with someone. Like you said, it's people. People are people. It's uh, it's yeah. pretty fucking amazing. Um, uh, you, build, getting... you build you build you build an intimacy as well, don't you, Adnan?
1: When Absolutely. when you're when you're doing these interviews and you're asking deep questions, you just naturally feel a warmer bond towards that person. I think.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's, it's one of those things um, just specifically because of the length of the the conversation and the way we have it. I've, I've bumped into people that uh, were on episode two and three and stuff like that. And the catch-up is completely different because like you said, seeing them for the second time or the third time and saying, oh man, remember that thing you said, how's that doing? Um, it, It completely brings a different dynamic to it.
1: Yeah. And I've got 20 years of that coming up in February of 2022. I would have been doing this for 20 years.
0: Wow, which is, man. congratulations.
1: Thanks, man. And I'm, and I'm only I'm only 37. Right. <laughs> so like, uh, I've been I've been quite I've been quite lucky to, to lead the life that I have. And it's it's funny that you say about friends because I don't keep many friends in bands, because if I'm out here being honest, that's always going to affect the relationship, right? Yeah. Like, if you're just like,
0: you know, <laughs> does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. It, 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 it'll will uh, be a lot harder to look your friend in the face and be like, "You're you, that reviewer. <laughs> that, that so yeah, <laughs> like, uh, so and and because of that,
1: like, it just stops that. It stops me forming that bond. But not always, because sometimes you meet people who don't care about jobs because you're not just two people in the music industry friends, you're friends in real life. So like two people that two people always come to mind when I think of like people that are like my friends. If I went on to be Terry, the bin man, right, or like Terry, the guy who works in the shop. Yeah. I know Winston from Parkway Drive and Will from Creeper are always going to be my friend, right? Yeah. We're, we're friends. It's not just a music business thing. And with a lot of it, it's uh, we like each other because you ha- I help get their art over and I like their art. So that's almost the the friendly transaction that you have in those moments. And it doesn't cheapen it. Like mm-hmm. it's still warm and we still have this connection, but, you know, friends are few and far between. Jacoby's another one. Like, like I, I went and saw Scar-Lord with him and his son uh, yeah. here. Like that's when he's off the road. So it's a bit different, but yeah, like it's, I don't like to make a habit of it.
0: So you you said uh, here. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people from uh, from the tribe know this, but you're based in LA now. Yeah, man. You're you've been based. How long have you been there? Uh, four
1: years. It was in March. So yeah, just over four years.
0: Four years in LA. What uh, what was uh, was there a reason for the switch? Was there um, a, a calculated uh, uh, kind of approach, or is it just family moved over there? We're all moving over there, kind of thing.
1: Um. I felt that I'd done everything in England. Mm-hmm. I had deputy edited a magazine. I had founded the Metal Hammer podcast. I worked for Metal Hammer, which was the magazine that I wanted to write for when I was a teenager. I'd, I'd been the host of Download Festival, like, which is insane to me. Donington Park, Monsters of Rock, like fucking Download And I was the host of that for a bunch of years. Um, Scars TV, i have run a television channel. I'd been on radio. I mean, fuck, I was part of that whole Team Rock debacle. Um, But I was on radio for them. So I just got to the stage where, in England, I I felt like I'd done everything. And I wanted to have a crack at America because, to me, what happens here then trickles around the rest of the globe. If yeah. a band makes it big in America, chances are they're going to be big everywhere else. Yeah. So if I wanted, if I'd done as much uh, influencing in the UK as I could possibly do, when I started That's Not Metal podcast and we impacted things so much that when I was complaining, uh, uh, we impacted things so much that when I was complaining about just telling people the truth, right? Saying, look, The reason you see four and five out of five album reviews for albums that everyone knows is terrible is because they need the advertiser money. Mm -hmm. Or it will be like, all right, if you slag off this band, we won't give you this band and this band in the future. Like it's all political. Um, When I started saying that, Four out of five reviews for albums in those major publications suddenly went down to three out of fives. <laughs> and eight out of tens went down to six out of tens. Yeah. So that was the level of that was the level of influence that I felt I had at that point in time. Uh, but um, I, I, I wanted, I've always wanted that. And if you come to America and you crack it here, which yeah. you know I, I truly believe I will, um, you can bring people better music than they are being serviced. Because I believe the machine is broken in terms of digital service providers like Spotify or Apple Music and all those kind of things. The, a lot of the press, not all of the press, uh, but a lot of the press, I always think just don't do enough of the document speaks for itself on this one they haven't done enough of a job making a big deal of today's bands because otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here going who's the next headliner and who's the next big band right in hip-hop an album will come out and they'll say that's a classic straight away straight out of the game so why the fuck are we not all saying gojira that's a classic because yeah. that's a classic record. If you like heavy metal, if you like heavy music, there is something on that record that will blow your skirt up over your head. Yeah. Like, I, I believe that we have to do better at that sort of thing, and we have to do it while being honest. And that is, bad. bad big bands make bad albums, and small, small bands deserve to be treated like superstars. I would treat Jamie Morgan from Code Orange exactly the same as I would treat Trent Reznor in absolutely. terms of coverage in terms of front of everything i do you gotta push courtney from spirit box as a star like yeah. you put like you push uh, i don't know gerard way is a star
0: yeah yeah i love that absolutely and uh, and like i was telling you earlier that's kind of the the premise of why i started this thing um just to uh, to shed some light on on the middle eastern scene and it, it just even even if it, nothing else just have the bands and the artists here uh, a, pl- a platform where they can create content clip a little thing about them talking about the album uh, for them to post on their social media because uh because it th- th- doesn't exist here o- outside of uh, bigger and smaller bands this thing does not exist here at all which i yeah. think is and, and uh, we're in a position
1: like i read this amazing feature about the globalization of music it was really fascinating about how the 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 internet And the fact that in the mid nineties, over the course of the last 25 years, like the digital landscape has kind of engulfed the planet. Yeah. And it makes communication global, but that takes some time for civilization to truly acknowledge that that's what we do. And you can see it in the pop charts. Like what used to be One Direction is now BTS, right? Yeah. It's about what is the best pop art on the globe and i think that it's cool when metal does that like we've we've had someone played i forget what the country was but someone came in and played something and it was astounding someone in your chat will remind me but um and also your music Tristorch coming on and playing svengali mate like That's amazing. That's something that we should embrace. And I spend my Friday nights, right? This is, it's my favorite fucking thing. And it's work, I get to call it work now. (laughs) On a Friday night, about 10.30 p.m. uh, I will stay up late and listen to music until two in the morning. All music that's come out in the last seven days. And I will find the best that I can possibly find to play for you every Saturday. Yeah. And what inspires me the most within that is some of the shit that gets missed, right? There's a, a two-piece on Century Media uh, called BALA, B-A-L-A, from Spain. Mm-hmm. And the press haven't touched it, right? And they are two women from Spain that make eclectic metal. It's savage at times. Like my favorite moments in it is where it sounds like a bar brawl in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, <laughs> and like but with added distortion, they are real fucking good. But it's that, knowing that there's this two piece in Spain. Uh, someone yeah. in the chat, punk drummers reminded me that the band was from Pakistan and
0: they were called oh, Takatak. Yeah, but, yeah, I, we love those men. Right,
1: fucking, well, that hadn't come across my radar. And I spend my fucking life doing this. and I love that, man. I love bumping into something that is... I mean, look at me, I'm fucking... I'm literally jumping in my seat at even the thought of it. And that's my Friday nights into Saturday. Like, it's always got to be about moving our culture forward and giving something for everyone. Like, I hate this thought, Adnan, that if you only listen to rock and metal, like you're (laughs) small-minded. Bullshit, I could name you, I could name you 60 different genres within that framework that sound nothing like one another. So we're not closed-minded at all. We're just swimming in a massive ocean that's awesome. And even someone who swims in it for a job, can't see everything and the fact yeah. that we are now globalized and that we can now bring Gala and Svengali and Takatak and that kind of thing You that you should find that inspiring and not just be out there talking about what major labels are paying you to talk about
0: Is is the globalization uh, Aspect of it because you have videos up on YouTube from 10 years ago uh, of, of you doing interviews of you uh, giving reviews is it something that um you kind of foreshadowed. Did, did you know that it would, uh, would go in this direction or was it something that you were more hopeful about? Like, I'm just going to put this up on YouTube because someone else can, might watch it someday.
2: Um, I
1: think that I, when I was younger, I didn't think as deeply about it. I was just so enraptured at the fact that, wow, this is my life. That I didn't think the bigger questions. It was when I started doing the metal hammer podcast, and you started reaching more people, that that started forming. So me and my co-host, Gil, um, basically, we weren't happy at the direction that Metal Hammer was taking. And, like, we really didn't like it. We were younger than the people that were running the magazine, and the people that were running the magazine just wanted to tell you how good the 90s and the 80s were. And we were like, it's good right here, right now. Like, live in the now and you won't believe what you'll pick up. So it was almost like we went into the basement to have our own voice and we did have our own voice. We were like a brand within a brand. Does that make sense? Like like Metal Hammer Magazine was doing like iron maiden and all like the the, that kind of thing right and they were trying to get people to care about saxon again and that Mm -hmm. was their that was their vibe and me and Gil were like we love every time i die and alexis on fire and converge and fucking all pigs must die and mammoth grinder and like in, we liked things that were outside the walls of rock and metal as well. We liked yeah. hard rock and grunge and pop punk and stuff like that. So the I was shows. talking about a day to remember and, th- and things like that. that. was that was our passion. that was our escape. And once that started happening, I realized what my voice what a voice I had and I always believe in being responsible with that voice because if lots of people listen to you, you can't you can't be a prick you know mm-hmm. you can you could be a crick and sometimes people don't appreciate the honesty but just don't be a prick is the with that voice is the big thing so yeah. I, i'm not sure if that answers your question but like it does absolutely right okay cool
0: absolutely um and uh speaking of, uh, of a little bit of uh, questions before we jump in i want to talk about your um your switch to twitch and uh, and uh, and and all the the new stuff that you got going on but um i'm gonna power through some of the questions uh, these guys sent our way you got um, it iman uh, says uh what do you think about the criticism of uh not having enough female acts at download
2: um
1: i believe every
0: music festival um will book
1: the best artists that they can possibly book and i'm not sure that they would sit and make sure that and how how many is enough is subject to subject to the eye of the beholder right yeah and what i have found about a certain subject a a certain subsect of the internet is there it's never enough right Mm -hmm. if you and i just believe that what is happening in heavy music at the minute is this is i've loved rock and metal since the mid 90s and there has never been more great female rock and metal being made than right now i believe Mm -hmm. the biggest genius in rock and metal right now in the contemporary scene is Chelsea Wolf. Some of the most affecting albums I've heard in recent years, Oathbreaker and the upcoming Spirit Box album uh the the band that kick-started the uk the uk was in a really bad place and it was just loads of kind of asos american eagle model looking dickheads making really bland cheese on toast music and then marmosets took a bazooka to that like there has never been more of that, and I think that that is something that is just coming to the fore now. And I would say, if this is still the case in two years, that there isn't enough female bands at download, then we should all be kicking off about it. But at the moment, that is still becoming the norm, right? Mm -hmm. It's trickling through, and that messaging is still on its way through. It's not there yet.
0: That's my take. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Hopefully that answers your question, Iman. We got Bloodstock Festival saying, or asking rather, uh, what would you uh, class as being success for you in America, B's, Uh What is one thing you'd love to do there?
1: An ex-girlfriend of mine when I was a teenager said one of the most accurate things that has ever been said about me and has stayed with me to this day. And she was like, you'll always struggle to be happy because when you plant the flag, Instead of enjoying it and planting the flag, you pick up another flag and go, right, where are we planting this flag? So um I have ironed that out of my game. And I can't, in good faith, tell you that having only been here for four years and having done something like I hosted Corey Taylor's live stream last year. I've known him for years. Uh his wife is fucking incredible. Um, really good bunch of people, and I was I can't even put into words how honored I was to do that. But more than that, I've fallen in love with Los Angeles so much. And I've been looking for somewhere to put that love when it comes mm. to LA. And it turns out that it's the basketball team, the LA, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I've fallen head over heels in love with the Lakers. And I presented the Corey Taylor livestream Exactly where the court was, where all the Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, like the the basketball rival of the 80s that formed yeah. the NBA being a bigger deal before leading into Michael Jordan and the rest of it. To stand on the Lakers original ground hosting like someone who I'm very warm towards, who's the singer of Slipknot's live show is I can't. Even if that's all I ever did, uh, like, I would consider it a success. But what do I consider a success is having influence. Um, I want to be here and I want to stop what is going on here. I think that that there is a principle that you have to write songs for the radio. That exists in every corner of our industry and it is my job to annihilate that. Mm -hmm. That has got to go because it's killing our genre, right? The thing about rock music is that it's chaos. So, hair metal, right? Got taken out by alternative rock. Out of nowhere, all these scuzzy shitty bands from Seattle that were only playing to 200 people suddenly wiped out hair metal. And what came after these miserable bastards that made grunge music, right? I love all that shit, but right, just to make my point, was pop punk. Green Day and The Offspring turned up, the complete opposite to it. And then what turned up after that? New metal like jocks and that kind of thing, replacing punk rockers. And what came after new metal like misogynistic lyrics and all the rest of it? Bam, emo came after that right? That's rock music. That's chaos. And that is when when we ruled the world. That was when we were on the front page of the mainstream, right? So we stopped that. When Linkin Park happened, uh, people started, in America, there is an idea that there is a sound, Right. There is a sound that makes you become successful. You'll know that sound because all your bands take that sound when they don't really believe in their art enough to make themselves successful. And then they start making music like it. Right. Five Finger Death Punch are honest about their art. That's who they are. That's the band that they are. Right. But the millions of clones that come in their wake is all they want to play at radio out here, man. Like if you can look me in the eye in 2021. And with a straight face, tell me that Breaking Benjamin and Chevelle deserve more of a chance than Teenage Wrist, the Dirty Nil, like whoever. Insert your own bands here, right? That's the vibe. That's that's what I would like to do is I would like to take a sledgehammer to the idea that unless you have a sound that just sounds like a hot dog, like it's just fucking couldn't be more (laughs) cookie cutter American. Like, and I don't believe the American people want it either. Right. I don't believe that. Like, I don't believe that what they all want is pop evil and that's it right that you can like that stuff i like a bunch of bands that are in that world i like a bunch of radio rock i said about papa roach i like disturbed i like a whole bunch of that i like five finger death punch don't agree with their politics don't like their videos do like the bands
2: yeah right
1: but there's more to life than that when i do new music saturday i make it my point if something is making waves in power metal right I don't like power metal at all. It's not my vibe, yeah. right? But I will always play it because it has a place. Yeah. And we just, we've got to remember that rock and metal is a broad thing. And rock music is chaos. And when we embrace that chaos, when we embrace being, listen to the word, look at it in the dictionary. When we embrace being alternative
2: yeah.
1: and not mainstream, instead of trying to make alternative mainstream, we prosper. And there's too many people with too much skin in the game, making too much noise and making bands change their sound. You can hear it, you're not silly. And they think you are, the audience. They think you won't notice. They'll think, oh yeah, that's just what they wanted to do with their art. Is it though? Is it though? Or is it the only way they can get their music heard? And that's, that's a problem. And that's a problem that I would like to eradicate. Dude,
0: chat, we need a clap. We need a clap in the chat, you guys. Someone
1: throw, that was fucking
0: brilliant, dude. That was Sorry, absolutely- Sorry that's, that's
1: how I feel. That's, what I, that's literally why I came to the country.
0: But uh, see, th- this goes back to my very first, the very first thing I said, the passion that you, that you have is uh, is unlike anything else I've ever seen. Unlike anything else I've ever seen. And I've done my fair share of, um, of watching, uh, you know, interviews, reviews, reading a bunch of things from magazines and websites. And uh, the, the the amount of stuff that you bring to the table, just in terms of passion and the fact that you fight so hard for this um, is, uh, is, it's very rare to see. It's I very think rare I'm, to see. I
1: think I'm mad, Adnan. They think I'm honestly. They think I'm mad. I was told recently you could just shut up, interview these, interview whatever band is put in front of you, and just live like, like live a top life if you wanted to. And I'm like, I don't. That's not why I. That's not why I got into it. I didn't get into this. To be a someone or for for any other reason than the reasons i like it's not a game to me i don't yeah. say that stuff because it's the right thing to say to make people think that like i that that i am the real deal like i'm the real deal that's why that's why i that's why i kind of move around a lot because i've, I've found that um, it's not for everyone. I'm willing to to work and I'm willing to bend, but I'm not willing to bend on my principles, and yeah. that's everything to me, man. We gotta help these bands because if we don't, they sure as fuck ain't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Holy fuck, that was amazing, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. And, but but you really you really do go above and beyond uh, for that stuff. And I, I kind of wanted to talk about. I don't, I don't know how to how to put it in you're like a serial content creator you th- there's an idea that pops into, there there's the, the the podcast the the b says there's the uh reviews or or even the youtube videos where um i, I the one i loved the most was uh uh five albums that i completely got wrong <laughs> like yeah. it was just albums that i caught you, you the the amount of uh, stuff you put out there is um is very inspiring but uh i i, I wanted i wanted to talk talk a little bit about your journey into um more heavily online than uh, than it has been in in previous years, what was mm. moving moving to l a and being like um let's uh let's start twitch channel what what was the thought behind that process how when did that all go down?
1: A record label um asked me to do their twitch a couple of years ago just after I arrived and i was I had such a good thing going with my podcast. I was like, Maybe some point down the road, maybe. Uh, and, but it planted the seed. And I looked at Twitch and I didn't see anything that I found particularly inspiring. Um, if you're a pro wrestling fan out there like I am, um, when the Indies first announced All In, all the independent wrestlers, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all these people put on an event in Chicago called All In and they did their press conference on Twitch, right? And I had a look around and I didn't see much that inspired me.
0: Just after lockdown. A a few years
1: ago? Oh, just after lockdown? Yeah, a couple of, no, no, no. This was a couple of years ago. And then just after lockdown, I had a look again and I bumped into a content creator on here called Le French Stallion, who I think is really good. I think he's he's naturally very charismatic. He's really funny. Um, but I saw a way of interacting with people with no red tape in a manner that was different to what I had done before, in which was, I review a record, and then you go and listen to that album, right? That's cool, but when a big album comes out now, you can literally sit with me and listen to the album and when it plays, I can tell you what I think about it. And I can say, these are the bits where I'm talking about with the bass guitar lines. And I encourage people to get good audio setups because there's so much that you can hear in music. If you've got yeah. the equipment to do so, like if you love music, uh, save up and invest in some good headphones, yeah. like, because you can then hear, Fucking cool shit, and you get to do that with me, and I love that. I love being closer to the people that support me. Like we, like I know my my audience's music taste now. My audience are no longer my audience. We feel like a gang. Like yeah. we feel, we feel like we. St- and I, I don't want to talk for them, but I like to think it feels like we stand for something.
0: You know? we just got a uh, uh, good headphone gang in the chat as well <laughs> yeah
1: there you go there you go but I like to think that we stand for something and the principles that I put forward are, are things that other people are mad about and it now just feels like we are part of something rather than I am creating for you and that that's what it's all about like I'm an only child I grew up quite lonely um and if there if there's any that you can look into psychologically with me is I like to build community. When you said about I'm a serial content creator, what I realized recently is that I need to focus my efforts because just because I can do all these things don't mean that I should be doing all these things. There are only so many hours in a day. Take everything that you do and whack it into this thing and this thing is twitch because i love it here man look at look at us now like i'm talking to i'm talking to people in the united arab emirates i when you posted that adnan i put it out on my facebook this morning on my personal facebook like so just my friends and families would see it but it blows my mind that i am from a real working class area I walk like I'm about to punch someone because I'm really (laughs) because I'm really sure and the area that I grew up in you had to give off that air or you might get jumped like that's the kind of place where I grew up and um yeah I just I, I I believe that that getting to when you posted it on Instagram and people in the comments. I mean, the excitement is—I was it all for all for you, but the people in the comments section know who the fuck I am. Yeah. Blew my—it blew my mind. This is the sort of thing I tell my mum and dad about. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> my mum and dad's like—he listens to heavy metal for a living. I don't know what to tell him. <laughs> uh, but when I say, but when I say, yeah, but people all over the world like give a fuck that I exist. That's. What, a, what an amazing thing. And we were all globalized and people like you and me and Daniel DeKay and the Fonts and all these people that are here have created a community that is so anti what I am used to from the media. We fucking love this and I want you to succeed. And I want Daniel DeKay to exceed, succeed. And I want to succeed myself because here, we can, can we can create a haven for people that like rock and metal for the right reasons. You, if you're alone, like I spent my my childhood being quite alone, right? I'm an only child. All my friends lived at my nan's house. I only got to see them on a Friday and a Saturday. Um, you can create this thing that is bigger than ourselves, and that's fucking great, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, so cool. Go there's uh craggers with a clap dude it's um it, it, it for me it's been one of those things uh like a, like i said i started it um because you know there's a pandemic i kind of have a production background i know how to cut the camera from uh, from one guy to the next you thank you for the party lights and the fire um and uh and when it, when it started happening like i i've always i've obviously been very passionate about music and and being a musician myself and all that stuff but um Every, everything you just said like about about the community side of it is every single day I wake up I'm just like I I can't believe this is a thing like there are people that are sending each other their own music there are people sharing things they liked uh, yeah. there are but people posting pictures of their cats and everyone's like, hey, that's fucking cool. Just the fact that that even exists, it, yeah. blows, it blows my mind completely.
1: Yeah. A bunch of our lot have started streaming themselves and they all do different things. And uh, Elliot Lever from our chat, uh, who does bits and pieces of music uh, business, was interviewed for a podcast today. Like, and amazing! I get buzzing on that. Like, it's my good news, man. Like, it's 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 so cool it's so cool and it's so what i like to believe i'm about as a person which is encouraging everyone to be passionate about the things that they love and to also the other the kind of main catchphrase that i push which is support the things you love like if you love things it needs your support to be nurtured and grown and we're creating something amazing here amongst us all. Like Shay, what Shane brain's doing now. D.W. presents is in the house as well on this side of the continent. My mate Bobby from Blackcraft does bizarrely now does a fucking show on here with Wes Borland from Limp <laughs> Wild
2: yeah.
1: like that. These things exist is it's inspiring. And like I had an idea for a show this morning, mate, like yeah. that I think is really, really cool. And I know there's no red tape. Like we could do that idea next week if we wanted to. Yeah. And I like someone said to me, "It's better to be a pirate than work for the navy." And that's a good line. That
0: the the one the one that I love on uh, on your channel is um, you recently posted about it on YouTube as well. It's the uh, the, the the music battle, like what, you, what, if you Song pick. Song yeah, song wars. You pick uh, you pick um, a, a specific genre or a specific kind of uh, theme, and then you yeah. put songs head to head in the chat votes. That that wouldn't have been possible on any other platform. Absolutely impossible. Well,
1: yeah, it's it's and that is like new music Saturday is the most important thing that I do. But Song Wars is the <laughs> height of my week, which is we've got a wheel that's got like fifty categories on it, and two, two. Maybe we go three-way dance, maybe we go fatal four-way. But we spin that war, we spin that wheel, and it will land on something like it could be women from the eighties, or it could be metalcore, or it could be hardcore, or whatever it lands on. Uh, and the two people that are chosen, or whoever is in the battle fight it out and the chat votes on who wins and the things that it has thrown up like we did ballads came up and it ended up november rain by guns N' roses versus dream on by aerosmith my head hurt for about an hour after that's not compute Uh, songs from movies we had someone pick i disappear by metallica from mission impossible 2 and then it was flattened by kenny loggins way to the danger zone from top gun (laughs) right and it's such a laugh and we've got our own champions and we're about to have tomorrow our 24 7 title is up for grabs so we're going to have two belts i could see parker in your chat holding his belt aloft not a euphemism um (laughs) uh, he's our champion (laughs) but there's going to be a 24 7 coming up man
0: awesome awesome i love
1: it (laughs) thank you for digging on the idea but uh, i've i've got an idea and i'll i'll dm you about it afterwards
0: absolutely i i kind of i I wanted to use that as a stepping stone because having um having these ideas having that community having the direct to viewer uh kind of connection what if any is there a home work balance kind of thing how do you uh how do you take a break? You were, you were saying, you know, you want to kind of focus in instead of being that uh, serial content creator. How, yeah. does, uh, how does it work for you? And I'm asking this uh, selfishly because I have no idea how to stop at, at this point. It just feels like it's, it's kind of everything I'm doing right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's all relative. Like if I'm working from nine o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the morning, like you can't do that. You could, you will burn out. Like, and I I feel like everything that I can do, I can put into Twitch at the moment. I'm not adverse to taking other jobs. I'm not adverse to other things coming out, but um, I can do what I want within the framework of this thing. And it's like, to me as a content creator, it's like hooking a fish, right? You know when something works. So yeah. Song Wars, when we've started doing it everyone fucking loves it there's a real feel in the air on the stream chaos friday as it's basically just turned into a free-for-all like the inmates run the asylum it's quite often (laughs) that that the chat are just playing what's on the channel and uh the the new music saturday thing as well but the other days tuesday and wednesday i think i've got something for monday that is our metallica thing but we're just we nearly got a distributor for that but that's for another day but
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah, after i've been on with you uh i'm gonna go live because we're doing this thing at the moment where i pick up two old music magazines and we go through it and play the bands and you'll find new old bands if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's still new music to you even if it's from the past um but yeah it's i don't know if that will work and if it does then it will stay on Wednesdays. And if not, we'll throw out some other ideas. And I'm I'm hyperactive, so I might not be the person to ask about switching off. Cause it's all relative for me. Like me not talking about work for two hours is about as switching off as it gets. <laughs> because <laughs> um, like I'm lucky, man. Like my passion is rock and metal, and that's my job. So that saying about you'll never work a day in your life if you love the thing that you work on is yeah. kind of true. And it can get yeah. you down, and the business can can throw you horrible curveballs and all this kind of thing, but the love for rock and metal is always the reason to keep going. And you can you can just filter out things. Just because you can do it all doesn't mean it's all worth doing. Put it through a funnel, and in the end. You will have something that is everything is good, everything excites everyone, and everything can grow from here.
0: Absolutely. I I um I also have a question. I know that uh, one of the patrons wanted to ask before we jumped on here. How um how do you not quit in in the downtimes, in the, in the rough times, in the in the hardest stuff? Having done it for twenty years, how uh, how what was the motivation behind uh? keeping going uh, when when things got tough?
1: I'll tell you, man, it's the hardest thing is when sometimes, sometimes it's hard when everyone tells you that you're mad, right? Which they do. Wanting to do what I want to do with rock and metal rather than just, you know, doing, just playing the game yeah. and saying that everything is brilliant and doing a cheesy smile for the camera and a thumbs up. Um, but it's not who I am. And you always have to think about who you're doing it for. And that is, a part, I do it for myself because I love this music. And because that's, I want to have my voice heard. That's the part of it that I do it for myself. But we created something, man. Like, and people believe in what I'm doing. And I like to think people believe in what I'm doing because I can't get it elsewhere. And if I'm not there, who's going to do it? and i i just there's always a spark to find and i know it's a it's a mad thing to say but um this is so la because if i'd never done this when i was in london but i've really started to i got into meditation about three years ago and what i have found it it how it helps to do is it helps to reinforce who you are why you're doing the things that you do and see the bigger picture. And there's times where I think to myself, like, am I mad for doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I'm thirty, I'm thirty-seven, right? I've still got the second half of my life ahead of me, like, uh, hopefully. Um, and I just, I can't quit. Like, when I get into that headspace, and I stop all the negativity, all of the noise, and I I truly believe that, like, if you're not gonna take the criticism to heart, you shouldn't take the praise to heart as well. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that silent spot, and all the bullshit is filtered, you come to the conclusion that really exists in you. And every time I look at what exists in me, I see the will to move forward because I I believe I do something worth doing. And maybe people see value in that, maybe people don't, but I, I'm, I think I'm doing something that will break through in the end. I can't have the question, is rock dead coming up again and again and again when I play you 30 plus songs every week and at least five or six of them usually are incredible. Like they're really, really good by any standards. Just because the press aren't getting them to you don't mean they're not there. And that's my responsibility. And those bands deserve an audience. and uh that is the motivation for me that keeps me going is i'm doing this for the right reasons i'm doing it for me i'm doing it for them and i'm doing it for the people that support us both so that's the motivation in truth
0: hell yeah hell yeah dude absolutely and um uh, from my perspective, it was one of those things as well. It was just someone saying, oh fuck, you played this band and, and I went and, and bought their album um, on like episode five of, of, of doing this stuff. And I was like, holy shit. This That's it. You you enjoyed it. I showed you a random band from halfway across the world in the desert and, and you, you went and supported it. And now they're uh, they're part of his like playlist and checks them out and supports them. It's kind of crazy. It's, That's it. Uh,
1: support, support the things you love. If you like something, support it. Like... When I'm like, hey, help with this hype train, it's because I need to keep the lights on.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. it's people need to... Uh, and if people don't see the value in it, I accept that too, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't see the value in it, I, I respect that opinion as well. But, you know, if if you don't buy a Menzinger's record, they might not get to make another record uh, until someone...
0: Pushes this forward, you know. Yeah. Is, is it is it as um, as uh, as difficult for you as it, it has been for me uh, when it comes to that uh, the hype train and the bits and and the gifted subs and and that stuff? I've been uh, I'm slowly transitioning into uh, into well I I mean I do this kind of full time now because there's no other thing but uh, slowly transitioning into accepting the fact that this this is the thing we do now. Um, yeah, I do feel but- awkward about it. It, 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 it It's, I, I still don't know how to handle it. How is it for you?
1: Um, I like to try and give value. Is the yeah. best that I can do, man. Like, and the thing is, as the channel has started to grow more, which it has, right? That we get more regular people. We've got our, our gang, but there's more people that come to that all the time. There's a guy called Angelus that starts coming in now, a guy called Bronson that starts coming in now. Like there's more people coming all the time. And if that means more is coming in, Then i want to give back the winner of our 24 7 title tomorrow night on my channel wins a pair of these bad boy headphones that i use and like when i'm telling you high caliber audio so i'm gonna start giving things like that away but the, the prospect of hey can you pay me like sucks like i i'm awkward about it as well so i i try to find fun things that is beyond that. But I love the fact that I've got an understanding audience. I've said support the things you love about other people. Right. And that also kind of applies to what I'm doing. Support the things you love wasn't like, hey, fucking buy me a new pair of Jordans. Like support the things you love was about buy bands, buy buy T-shirts and records because otherwise they might not be able to exist. And, exactly. Uh that applies to us as well, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. I just uh we, we uh we did a little graphic and said like if you want to keep this thing alive, uh there's uh, there are a couple of options. Uh sub, mm-hmm. there's a Patreon, there's a, there's a bunch of different things, but um just having that direct to supporter kind of uh, channels is very uh new to me, so I, I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, it's
1: it's all, uh, well, it, com- it, <laughs> no, no, isn't
0: no. it? It's yeah. it's odd, isn't it? Like just
1: as a concept, it's odd. So I understand the awkwardness. Was all I was going to say.
0: <laughs> we got uh, we got a bunch of questions in the queue. Uh, John's music box. What's up, John's music box? If you guys uh, like uh, guitar playthroughs, throughs, uh, jump in John's box. We always we always say that in here. Um, is uh, rock dead? <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> um, don't <laughs> no, don't jump in I, John's I got, box. No, I've, no, no! I've got an answer for
1: this, John. Uh, You'll dig this. Um, what we have gone through, and forgive the weight of the words that I'm going to use here, what we've gone through is rock genocide. And that is, if you look at Spotify's Rock This playlist, it will make you never want to listen to a guitar as long as you live. Right? <laughs> what? Well, the second that they let 21 Pilots in the door, uh, I'm not hating on 21 Pilots at all, right? Mm-hmm. My only point is that they're not a rock band right? If you really fucking like their music, fair fucks, good for you. And if you like Imagine Dragons and that sort of stuff, that's fine. But that should be in contemporary pop. Like, rock music is supposed to, I don't know, rock, right? If you see what they have the alternative to. So, we are fighting that rock genocide. So, when you say, is rock dead, in the way that it it, it should be, they're not calling it rock music, right? If and, And if you are not playing bands like there are hundreds of millions of people that like nirvana and if you're not playing teenage rest for them you're not doing your job and yeah yeah, that's that's my take on is rock dead is keep Gene Simmons out of the press. And even then, I kind of see Gene's point. (laughs) Gene's too extreme with his point, but when he's like, well, where are the fucking rock stars? If rock isn't dead, why do I see Billie Eilish and fucking Travis Scott and all these people, Bad Bunny, whatever, and I don't see any rock stars? And he's got a point with that. It's just that he says that that thing stopped in the mid-90s and it didn't. The The last big rock band were My Chemical Romance. Events Sevenfold are big for a band from our world. The last big rock band were My Chemical Romance, and that is now a decade and a half ago, right? And wow. we have just come off of a decade, which was the first decade where rock had no part to play in mainstream culture, right? Yeah. In mainstream culture in the 2000s, you saw Fred Durst in all the videos, right? Corn and all the rest of it. And in the 90s and the 80s, it all speaks for itself for guitar music. But in the last decade, if you're telling me rock is Imagine Dragons, Coldplay, and fucking I don't know what, like we got to do something about that. So is rock dead? Yeah, they've killed the term rock. The reason why I called my channel Mosh Talks is because a mosh pit exists at an all-time low show and the Cannibal Corpse show, right? It's something that unites us all because the term rock, they have dragged through the mud so much that rock is borderline unrecognizable by what they call it. So there's this deeper question uh, there, John. I know you were just (laughs) taking the piss, but that's my my deep answer.
0: (laughs) hell yeah and by the way speaking of mosh talks you guys uh if you just type the word mosh in the in the chat it'll pair you up with someone else in the chat and throw you in the pit so uh, uh let, let's uh just open up, a, open up a little pit here we uh <laughs> yeah you can you can mosh and oh look i'm in there that with is Lina. amazing <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> love it <laughs> open up the pit exactly we got uh we got another question here um, from uh, from Tim. Question for B is mainly aimed for Unmuted Show and his viewers. Uh, what band that you found through the stream would you recommend uh, whenever you could? That's a good oh, question. That's a good question. In all of the time
1: that the channel has existed, it's Spirit Box, right? But you're yeah. not going to be able to move for Spirit Box. At the end of the year, in three months' time, you will see that band everywhere. Completely like everywhere but spirit box have done this thing where they have uh ethereal touches real feminine moments of beauty and grace in with really uh inventive song structures and brilliant visions aesthetically. Their music videos, their art, their merch, their music is all one complete package. And the Spirit Box album reminds me of an album like the first Slipknot record, which is you hear it and you go uncag like without question, this is going to be fucking massive. Yeah. Like, so Spirit Box would be that answer. So a band that I think i've mentioned them a couple of times here i love the dirty nil from from canada if you like the idea of like nirvana style alternative rock with the occasional bit of metal thrown in um the dirty nil you've gang but teenage wrist have written an album this year with three songs on it that should be worldwide smash singles as far as 90s alt rock goes, it is of the highest standard. And in the same way that I don't believe that 60,000 people in every single city he goes to, people will go and see Bruce Springsteen, but the Mm -hmm. Menzingers are stuck in 400 capacity clubs. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I feel that way about Teenage wrist and Nevada. Like, how many people will walk around with that smiley face shirt on? Or how many people will go, you know what, I'm going to play Nevermind. Uh, <laughs> like, and those people would love Teenage wrist. So Teenage wrist, if you like Nirvana and you like that kind of thing, you need that album, like you need the oxygen in your
0: lungs. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone, everyone, make sure you go check that out. For, for us here on, on Unmuted, I think I could, uh, I could speak for the tribe. There was this one recommendation that came out of nowhere. Someone jumped in the chat, uh, recommended Project Mishram, from uh, from India, right? And it I don't think I've never seen the chat react the way uh, the way we did that day, and uh, it completely melted all our faces off. It like just destroyed am, us. We had uh, we had I am no writing that what was down <laughs> now. What was, what was the name of the band, then Project Mishram. And uh, Project Mishram, got it. Yeah, uh, you do. You guys remember what the the, the single was that we uh, we listened to? That uh, that that completely destroyed us. And um, yeah. yeah, people were asking uh, about about the band uh, in, in Discord after the band themselves got in touch with us because so many people tagged us in on Instagram they're like, "What? What did you guys do? Hell, like, yeah. <laughs> what is this? We don't even know what this is." I, t-
1: I tell you what's got weird for me, right? Is that because I was on television eight years ago in the UK? Now, um, what you've got is a bunch of kids that are coming through in Britain that being interviewed by me is kind of a thing that they want to do, because they saw me on TV talking to all the bands that they loved when they were learning their instrument and all the rest of it, and they were in their formative teenage years. Now a band like Vexed and Noir and all these kind of bands that are coming through from the UK now, like, have this complete fucking, like, yeah, it's kind of, it's a, it's a bizarre position to be in. But I'm very grateful for it, that people seem stoked on it.
0: Dude, I could say as uh, as someone that's, that, uh, and, and I know that you're as awkward as I am when it comes to this stuff, as someone that genuinely is inspired by... Uh, the way you did things and inspired by not only the stuff that you've done in the past but the way you've uh, run the Twitch channel and shout out to Tristan for for even letting me know that that was a thing and uh, and inspiring us to, to do this here on the, on this channel uh, it uh, it does still have that it does still have that, it's, it's, it doesn't go away, uh, you have been a, a huge part of, uh, of a lot of people's uh, rock and metal uh, journey in general uh, I just wanted to, to put that out there
1: Cheers, man! Long may it continue. There's still good bands to to help. Let's fucking get to work, innit?
0: Hell yeah! Uh, we have uh, we have a bunch more questions from uh, from the tribe. Um, but uh, wait, before before I get to the questions, I just want to take a second to just shout out every single one of you guys um, from from the Mosh Squad that uh, that hit follow Murder Music, Double Take, Frag Dad, um, Tiger Mom, um, uh, Mark, uh, Negative Crap. <laughs> These names are amazing. Uh, Muse Grove. Uh, who else is in here? Um, Derpy for gifting that tier one sub. Uh, Skunky Boy and Tim and Jesh. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. And and Parker just hit follow. Thank you guys so much for uh, oh, yeah. for jumping on board and uh, welcome to the tribe, you guys. Thank you. Um, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a, an awesome uh, episode here. Uh, it's Julie, always
1: always a pleasure, man.
0: <laughs> cheers, you guys. Um, Julian is asking, uh, how much, how Ooh. much, and which brand of coffee do you drink? I need two kilos of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what?
0: I have one
1: uh, Monster Energy Zero in the morning. That's that's what I have. But I'm I'm naturally high BPM, and I I have, <laughs> I, 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 I have got to, to put it into perspective, no. like. <laughs> she wasn't ready. Genuinely. I tell you, they never are. Uh, the, 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 the level of what comes out of me is quite natural, even when I don't have a caffeine in me. But if you want to know what it is, Monster Energy Zero. It comes in a white can.
0: Monster Energy Zero. There you go. Julian's uh, running to the store as we speak. <laughs> um, we, got, uh, we got two quick questions here. What year was the Phil, uh, Phil Anselmo interview from uh, Not so, so Safe? Cool. Oh, so,
1: <laughs> so hello. <laughs> um, it was what? What was so? Down played the roundhouse. So it, it would have been. I think it was either. I think it was on that e, the first EP that they brought out. So it would have been about two thousand and nine, two thousand ten. But I've so, interviewed him a bunch of times since. The best yeah. one was we did. We did one at Download, and he had his set list there. And it turned out that it was the first time that he was going to be playing Pantera songs. Yeah. And I saw the set list before the interview, and I went, Phil, I've got to be honest, I'm freaking the fuck out that you're going to be playing <laughs> I'll Cast a Shadow from okay. Reinventing the Steel, which is one of the most underrated Pantera songs. I was like, am I all right to ask you that in the interview? This won't go out until a couple of weeks time. And
0: he was like,
2: yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, good times. I've, I've been lucky with Phil.
0: Uh, the next one is from um, from Rexter. Uh, where are you in L.A.? That's The, the way you phrase that is kind of kind of creepy, Rexter. But I, he's uh, from <laughs> a fellow L.A. guy. So I'm assuming uh, amazing. I Amazing. Mean, I'm in North Hollywood. But you will find me at uh, all
1: shows from here to uh, Anaheim. Like anywhere in that vicinity, you will find me at shows.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Um... Uh, Parker, with uh, with, I feel I feel is a loaded question. I don't know if that's if that's your intention, Parker. But who's better, Event Sevenfold or Weezer?
1: Yep, that's definitely inten- intentional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, I like both bands, right? But if if I had a gun to my head, which it would take, uh, it would be Wee. I would pick Weezer. <laughs> I would pick Weezer. Um, but that is because, I would too,
2: she, uh, look at
1: me, look at this guy. <laughs> like imagine this guy not picking Weezer looking like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wanted to actually, I'm going to use this question to, to jump onto my next subject because this is awesome. You talked about how passion is your work. What you do for a job is what you've always wanted to do. Um, what does, uh, what does uh, bees uh, get up to when, when it's not um, rock and metal? And, and Derpy asked, uh, what would you say is your most nerdy hobby apart from anything to do with music?
1: Oh, what's my most nerdy hobby? Um, I don't talk about it publicly, but ancient mysticism is probably my, um, my biggest, nerdiest thing. Uh, movies is the thing. I said it to you earlier, horror movies was, mm-hmm. was my first love. And it's uh, I feel like I have seen literally everything that I have wanted to see because of the last year in lockdown and being starved of a lot of new content, movies just stopping coming out was uh, was killer for me. And the thing is like when I'm at a live show, when I'm go- when I go to see a band, um, I'm still kind of working because people will come up and from labels and whatever'll be talking to you it's not a relaxing situation. But I missed movies going to the cinema so much. Yeah. Um, so my nerdiest hobby is reading up on various different ancient mystical practices. And my my, but my main love is I've, I've got really into basketball here as well. Um, because of the time zone difference, I have to wake up really early in the morning for football, which I guess is right answer um (laughs) i support i support arsenal in london and never a dull moment uh and and that is my main passion because that involves getting up at four o'clock in the morning to to watch your team lose one nil at aston villa like um and the podcast content that i consume is football stuff as well. The Patreons that I subscribe to, a bunch of those are Arsenal. One of them is my friend Steffa Shirazi and the other one is pro wrestling. Um, Pro wrestling. Like, So I fell out of love with wrestling because WWE fell off a cliff uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And then this new federation started with AEW. I'm going to do that weird friend thing again. Um, Chris Jericho uh, is is someone I don't text and when he was going there it made such a big wow level of difference Uh, and I've fallen in love with AEW and so Mm. in September uh, for my birthday my wife is taking me to Chicago for the next AEW pay-per-view and I have decided that I'm going to follow AEW like a football team um, so whenever they do their big pay per view, I'm going to go to wherever that place is. So <laughs> I am going. So I'm going to Chicago for All Out in September, and then I am going to St. Louis, Missouri, the glamour date for Full Gear in November. But I've never been to Missouri, so people tell me the barbecue food is wicked. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think that's my main hobbies. But being honest, most of those things involve having music on in the background and when i went when i went to an ice hockey game out here i came out and my main takeaway was wow they so use twisted sister and metallica as goal music out here how mad
0: is that <laughs> that is pretty fucking cool though that is yeah right you, you, yeah that's uh, that's it's very different um yeah it's um i, I yeah I, I want to ask you about uh your uh, your reach when it comes to to the Middle East. We had a uh, a question from Patreon. Um, what do you know yes. about um, if anything from uh, from the Rock and, and Middle uh, from from the Middle East?
1: This is where we we need to put our weight more. Like this is why you being here is an invaluable service. And now that we've had this chat, you now know that I've got New Music Saturday. So if you hear something that's good, you can pass it on to me and I'll put it on my New Music Saturday show. So Amazing. while the while the answer right now is no, globalization is part of what I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. Like if if the Western, if, if the media, in america or the uk are too lazy to reach outside of america the uk occasionally australia and canada and occasionally mainland europe if that's their scope then i see the globe if there's a metal band in korea doing wicked stuff i want to know about it and likewise us creating this friendship now like your question, whoever asked that on Patreon, massive high five to you because you've now opened up a gateway for Adnan to tell me about a band that I will tell my people about, and then Middle Eastern bands have a, an alternative way into an area that they might not have been in. So,
0: absolutely,
1: fuck yeah, Twitch, I guess.
0: And Tribe, you guys know I don't shut the fuck up about the scene here. So yes, that's it. <laughs> there's gonna that's be a it. bunch of stuff, absolutely.
1: And, and, and it's, gonna have, it's gonna have a certain flavor to it that is different. Like I miss, if, if there's one thing about the internet that I think has been bad for music creation, it's I miss scenes starting mm-hmm. naturally. What happened in Seattle didn't yeah. happen by accident, right? There was just yeah. a bunch of people in this one place creating this amazing thing. And that's the same for Sludge in New Orleans, like whatever it is, like this is super exciting to me to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely. My, uh, my version of, uh, and I said version, you guys, they, they make fun of the way I say it. Uh, my uh, my version of, of trying to combat that was, um, I started a a Spotify playlist with with a couple of people from the scene here and we called it the new wave of Middle Eastern metal. Just Fuck to- yeah just to throw off that like w- what is it supposed to sound like what does it not sound like and we, we put a bunch of uh the range from like uh heavy heavy rock and and heavy metal all the way to like the the stankiest of death metals um but uh but we, I, that's that's kind of my fight the the get this uh, this side of the world up and running because there are a lot of people here that uh genuinely cannot d- don't get the chance at all whatsoever like you were, we were talking about for
1: yeah for- man we used to we were responsible for that In editorial rooms, that was something that, again, that the media has kind of laid itself down on is we used to do that, right? You had the new wave of American heavy metal, metal core, new metal. These are all invented terms in editorial office. My friend uh, Simon is the person who invented the word screamo. Right. If you've ever read Screamo, he's the guy that came up with this. Simon Young, who worked at Kerrang. And I think it's a massive failing. I tried the the press in England don't like me because I point out that they are dishonest for money. Um, And so I couldn't get that message across into them. I wanted to resurrect that like the new wave of Brit Rock was something I wanted to do when Creeper and Milk Teeth and Puppy and all these bands were starting to do amazing things five years ago. I wanted to make them part of a scene, like people connect with that shit. And so the the new wave of Middle Eastern metal is exciting to me, even that as a package. If there's a playlist that is the new wave of Middle Eastern metal, I want to hear it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Hell yeah, yeah. That's see, see, I I, um, I struggle to find the words after hearing you say stuff like that, because for me, like you were saying, like the reach being able to have this conversation uh, with you and just while you were talking, imagining that like, oh, check it out. bees is listening to the new nerve cell album or you know what I mean? Like a band yes. from here. It just blows my mind. It completely blows my mind that that could be uh, that that's now a reality at, at, at this point.
1: I I promise you I don't break promises, man. I promise you. If you tell me something's good, I'll play it. I'll play it on the Saturday because my my audience are the people that I trust, man. Like uh, they they don't they're hard to please. Like that I I I I feel like liking the shit that I like and being the way that I am. It's kind of cool to to be able to. To play them music and then make their minds up. Like it's not necessary that they're going to turn up and just tell me what I think is great is great. They're hard to please and that, that lets you know if a band is especially rad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we got another, uh, the Patreon chat is popping up. Uh, you should, uh, you and B's should do a podcast someday, uh, with the best of Middle Eastern metal playlist. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yes, that. yes.
1: That's a brilliant idea as a joint stream. I Yes, if that's on the table, I volunteer myself as tribute.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. Dude, um, th- this, this has um, been an absolute fucking blast uh, to have a conversation with you. And uh, and talk about the, the journey and everything you're doing. I, I have two more things. Uh, one of them I stole from you. Uh, and uh, and the, the, the first one that we're going to talk about is just uh, the future. Where uh, where where is bees going to be uh, in the future? What what are you what are your big plans and and um, where do you see uh, where do you see this Twitch and and everything going uh, now that uh, the pandemic is starting to ease up a bit.
1: Um. I think the the thirst for this platform is real. And I think that the level of creativity that Twitch affords me is everything that I could ever need. I think if I want to do interviews, I can do them. If I want to do, um, anything at all that your mind can think of, Soul Wars, New Saturday, whatever, like I can do that here. And that's not to say that there won't be other things. Like there's always other things on the horizon. Um, I'm really excited that the fact that I'll be honest about it, uh, someone nearly took my Metallica podcast to distribute it like a big media corporation. We're gonna take my Metallica podcast and get it out to more people. Um, They opted not to, which is fine, totally fine. But that means that that is gonna restart again. The idea is this, um, every single uh, week, we are gonna tackle a different Metallica song from their back catalog until we have done every song that they have ever recorded. And it will serve as the most definitive look at the Metallica songbook ever assembled um my, i'm doing it with uh british the best music journalist to ever put pen to paper in my opinion which is ian winwood uh, <laughs> a guy from kerrang magazine and his story is so mad that he was there you know the bit in some kind of monster uh when rob Trujillo gets asked yo uh do you want to join metallica and here's a million dollars I'll I'll buy my mom a house. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right? Well, he was there that day. He was covering that for Kerrang! So he, he was with them in a truck where they rehearse. They play a couple of songs before they go on stage. So he's literally stood next to Metallica as they do Battery to warm up. Like, his stories are wild. And he's not afraid. And I need someone. Like... Metallica are my all-time favorite band. Like, my knuckles yeah. are literally given to Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need someone that is going to tell me that the song with the hurdy-gurdy on it on Reload is not good. Right? <laughs> it can't be two people saying this song that everyone doesn't think is good is good. Because I, while, while I have all of that, there are two bands that I... I know I have no filter for the quality of what they produce and that's Metallica and AFI. I just so happen to like everything that they do. Um, But yeah, there's that. And I, who
0: knows
1: what's going to come. That's the beauty
0: of it though, isn't it? Is that, uh, like you said, you had an idea for a show this morning. It it could just, it could be a thing by next weekend.
1: Absolutely. And I will, I will, I think I'll keep. I was nearly. I was nearly going to say the idea there, but also, <laughs> I'll, I'll save it for when I'm unfurling it. But yeah, it's it's inspiring, isn't it? Every day is an adventure, and I love I love that. And you know, it's if I have a day where I'm feeling it, because I struggle with a lot of things, like mentally. Yeah. It's why I do meditation. It's why I've worked. I, I continually every day to work on myself to to get better. But um, yeah, I, I just I can't help but feel that if I if, if I'm not feeling it, I don't have to show up, and no one holds it against me. No one's like, "Well, I'm waiting." It just feels yeah. like Twitch affords me everything that I need.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, this, uh, same. Um, I, I relate to that. And I just want to take a second to say thank you, guys, for uh, for the tribe that's been around since uh, since the Facebook days. For those that don't know, we used to f- to stream on Facebook, uh, which is which is horrible. <laughs> just don't don't ever stream there. And uh, to the guys that just uh, just jumped on board today, it um, it uh, it's it's fucking awesome. It uh, means the world to us. And um, if you haven't already, if for some reason you haven't uh, jumped over to Mosh Talks, uh, there's a link in the chat um and uh we'll I'll, I'll drop another one in in just a bit uh head awesome. over there hit that follow button man and uh, y- yo mutation thank you for uh, for that follow um we uh so i i told you i um i stole something from you i uh, <laughs> I, I remember the uh the, the interviews and you always started with a question uh the same question every time uh, what m- made you want to be in a band and um I, uh from from that as inspiration I, I end these uh, these podcasts with the same way every time uh if you if you had a time machine uh, and you were able to go back in time and and talk to young bees just just about to to get the the internship just about to start his journey in the world of music and uh, and become uh, everything that you've become and you were you were you had that line of communication open what would you say to young you
1: uh I would tell myself that I am good enough. Uh I've struggled with that shit a lot. And uh I think I've been sometimes I've been quite outwards about it. Uh and I feel like some of my some of my aggression was to do with feeling like I didn't fit or feeling like I weren't being taken seriously and all those kind of things. So I would tell myself to chill out. I would teach myself transcendental meditation and I would show me some really weird shit when it comes to mysticism. And <laughs> beyond that, beyond that, I would, um, yeah, I would, the main one though, is I would tell myself that I'm good enough because it's hard, man. When, when you come from working class background, like I do, and everyone in England is public schooled. And when I came into the industry, I was called things like barra boy, and they would all rip the piss out of my accent and all the rest of it. Right. Mm. And it had it had a real effect on me psychologically that it took me a long time to recover from. And I know mm. this answer is a lot deeper than you might have expected, but I would I would tell myself
0: that means the absolute fucking world to me that uh, that we kicked off season two with uh with you um we have uh, we have a couple of more uh, questions in the uh, yeah. in the uh, by all means uh, uh, danny's asking are you moist danny how why, why yeah gonna...
1: this is this is a leather seat i sweat my <laughs> bollocks up see these shorts see these shorts i have to change wait. them i have to no, change wait. them in the middle of my <laughs> stream after about three hours i'm a hairy man and i sweat through them <laughs> Form for an orderly queue, ladies.
0: Hopefully hopefully that answers Danny's question. Danny, there you go. We have a thing with Moist on this channel. We, I still don't know how it happened. but um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly uh, like that, stream elements. <laughs> Superb. Uh, why are you like this uh, from uh, patient666? I wish Hashtag I knew. Team, team Sevenfold right after that.
1: Oh, okay. Um, just because it's fun to poke. It's like, I feel like some people will act like they're controversial, right? And that all they will do is shoot fish in a barrel, right? Yeah. Sitting there going, hey everyone, isn't Kid Rock stupid? (laughs) Is like, that's not controversial. That's what people think. That's what loads and loads of people think. Um, And yeah, I I think that, yeah, I'd, I'd stay away from that. That kind of broadcaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, uh, oof, that's this is uh this is this might be a tough one to to just uh, answer real quick. What do you think of Deftone's latest album? Oh, I tell you, man, I love
1: OMS. Uh, and the good sign of a band that you've had a long history with is how long, when you go to listen to that band, are you still listening to their latest record? And yeah. I am still listening to OMS. The title track from OMS. Being the first single got me ludicrously excited for it because there is no other song in the Deftones back catalogue that sounds like the song Oms. So for me, for this wildly creative, inventive band that have been a band since the mid 90s to still be doing something that you've never heard before was a fucking incredible achievement before I'd heard the record. And then I heard the record and I was kind of lukewarm with it because I'd set the bar too high with that song. Um, and after living with it for a little while, I bloody love it. And I still, when I go to death to listen to Deftones, I'm still listening to that record. And I say, I, by, by token with Slipknot sometimes, uh, if I go to listen to them, it's still quite regularly. We are not your kind that I'll put on.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, for me, the, the, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that was like, you know, old Deftones versus new Deftones. And we oh, okay. recently, recently had, I think it was a couple of. Maybe a couple of days ago, uh, everything's merged. But uh, a Deftones stream. Oh, this Monday, last Monday, and awesome. um, I, I, for the first time, got to listen to it and and just have a chat with uh, with the chat. Uh, yeah. I, I fucking love that album now too. You did it! I didn't I didn't think I would, and uh, but I, I just I started falling in love with it immediately when we when we talk about drummers
1: we quite often judge drummers on their fills and the impressive things that they do but abe cunningham is the best drummer in the world for beats if Absolutely. you listen to the to like the back beat that he provides always the invention on it like they're really catchy Abe cunningham big ups and you'll love this adnan um i dj the reading festival guest area one year right and Man. I just played New Metal for half an hour, right? <laughs> they were like, they were like, keep it varied. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I did for the first hour and a <laughs> half of my two hours. And then the last half an hour, I played nothing but New Metal, right? And at the back of the room when I played Rolling by Limp Biscuit was Abe Cunningham and um, Sergio Vega doing the... Rolling the, dance, the, rolling to the chorus. <laughs> like, and I, and I saw him doing it, and
0: I just went like that at him, and he started laughing. I was like, "I see you doing the rolling dance." Amazing, amazing. We have uh, one last one in the in the question queue. Uh, brilliant episode, hell of an act to follow. Uh, God help whoever is on next. That's from Bloodstock Fest. Who? Uh, Who's episode two, by the way? Who's episode two?
2: <laughs> hell so it'll
0: yeah! Be, it'll be a, a hell of a, a hell of a conversation, uh, Bloodstock, and and squatter i uh, i'm very much looking forward to that if
1: I, if i may i just i always want to give a big up to bloodstock at any chance i get especially with this being international um bloodstock in the uk has a really regular turnover of new headline acts and they do such an amazing job of catering for the uk metal fans but their their bigger achievement i think is they have made bands like Gojira and Ghost and bands that have had behemoth, bands that have done bloodstock at the business end of their bill. And it's led to them getting main stage slots at download and being treated more seriously by the press and being given better placements on Spotify and things like that. So yeah. bloodstock in the UK is a real fucking, a diamond in our crown, I think.
0: Absolutely, and uh, if you guys if you guys didn't already know, Bloodstock is uh, they're on Twitch. Uh, there's a bunch of different uh, shows and stuff that they do. So uh, head over to their uh, to their Twitch channel and check it out. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but dude, bees, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for for this uh, episode, and uh, thank you for your time. And um, uh, for those that don't know, uh, bees will be going live on Marsh Talks in uh, in a little bit, And a little later. When uh, when are we expecting the? Uh-
1: Woo! in about 5 minutes
0: in about 5 <laughs> minutes
1: all right Yeah. you know what like i'm going to i'm going to stop this i'm going to change my sweaty shorts <laughs> and, and i'll be with you in about 5 minutes
0: hell yeah hell yeah so in uh, in 5 minutes um we'll uh, we'll all be over there do you how is it possible for you to go live while uh, I'll, i i close up shop here and then we just read should yeah, we man. should we do yeah. that yeah if we you all if just you head, if you take the party over there
1: if you kick me off the, I'll tell you what. As good faith for what you're doing, I'll
0: play Project Mishram. Hell yeah! First, Hell I'll yeah. play that. I'll play that first song. All right, that's uh, that's the plan, you guys. I'll, uh, I'll play you guys a couple of uh, Middle Eastern uh, metal bands yes! in the meantime, yes! and then we'll go party on uh, over at B's place. Is that cool? All yeah, right.
1: man. Everybody's in. <laughs> I tell you, it's it's super cool to feel like I've made a friend today, Adnan. That didn't feel like an interview. That felt like two mates hanging out. I love dude, that.
0: I, I fucking love that, and me too, dude. And uh, like I said, anything anything that ever comes up, uh, now we have that channel open. We have that, uh, that communication open, and and I'm very much looking forward to everything that uh, we can uh, we can pull off together. It's, it's if, amazing. If
1: I can ever help bands from your neck of the woods out here, I will do so. Yep, my yeah, my word.
0: Hell yeah! Well, uh, we'll we'll be uh, we'll be in in, in your chat uh, throwing uh, throwing some things your way, and see, uh, t- see you in it. about
1: eight minutes.
0: <laughs> in about eight minutes to officially end the episode of the podcast, we need you in in the most passionate bee's way to to just say hit the outro.
1: Hit the outro.